Welcome to the Conscious Christian Conversations podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Kyleen. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. Each episode, the two of us will be having a conversation around a specific topic that we may or may not have different perspectives on. If you haven't already, please listen to episode one to learn what we are all about. Without further ado, here is today's episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Today, Tanya and I are going to touch the hot topic button of spiritual warfare versus just stuff in life that happens. So, um, you know, kind of determining like what is spiritual warfare and when do we know it's spiritual warfare? How much credit do we give the devil? All that fun stuff. And then what, of course, you know, can we do about it? If anything, do we, do we have any power? Do we have any control? I don't know. Okay. So let's talk about it. So, um, Tanya, I'm curious just to hear like off the top of your head, when you think about this topic of like spiritual warfare and like legitimately, you know, demonic in, you know, stuff versus like just life is hard and you're hitting up against, you know, difficult things that everybody deals with. Um, what are your thoughts, um, around this whole topic? Just like top, top of your head. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is that this sounds so weird. (laughs) It sounds so (laughs) weird to me. It's like really spiritual warfare. But um, if you had asked me this question, maybe even three years ago, it would have been like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. You sound really goofy, but I actually had an incident at a previous workplace that I absolutely 100% knew was a spiritual warfare issue. It was the weirdest experience. Um, And I can go into it in a bit, but um, so that really kind of opened my eyes to it. And then just having looked over the last couple of years as I've been kind of diving more into the word and just how it basically states it right in there, that there is a spiritual war, a spiritual battle that is happening behind the scenes that we just can't see. So the logical human brain side of me wants to say this is a bunch of weird Christian nonsense, but uh, I definitely think, uh, yeah, I know. I, you know, one of these days we have to have the conversation about how weird our religion is. We have some weird <laughs> things if you think about it from like a layperson standpoint, but um, not that I think it diminishes from it. And that's part of, interestingly, and this is totally a side tangent, but um, I was reading through in first Corinthians and was just talking about mm-hmm. like the foolishness of the world um, versus God's foolishness. And that's my recap. Um, and it's just like, it's so true. Like the things that we think are so ridiculous on earth, but then I just think about it when I'm in heaven and think about, oh my gosh, the things that we think about on earth were so dumb. And then we thought we <laughs> knew so much and Anyway, so that's been on my mind this last week because of reading through those passages, but that's my quick, short version of my answer. (laughs) I like it. It's good. Okay. So I definitely want to hear about your personal experience. So maybe we can do that next. Um, All right. So my general thought is that, okay, first of all, I have to acknowledge that it exists. I believe in angels. I believe in demons. I believe that um, there is in general across time, across history and in the world, a spiritual battle that goes on between good and evil that goes on between God and the devil and, um, angels and demons. I let's just say that it happens. It is there. It is real. Um, they do play a part in what happens in the world and influencing people beyond that. I think that Christians give the devil way too much credit. Um, I think it makes them very weak. I think they don't take responsibility for things in their life. And, um, there is a lot of situations where they're going to blame something on Satan or the devil. And there's a psychological component that I want to bring in here that is, I think really important and really powerful. And that is that Satan plays on fear. And when we play into that fear, you are giving up all of your power. So, um, when you just flippantly say like, oh, this, the devil did this to me, or, oh, this is Satan. First of all, you're not taking responsibility for things that are like, you know, crap happens in the world. (laughs) Okay. You make bad decisions. Like we talked about in the free will versus predestination, you are living a life based on the decisions you make, but also the influence of decisions that other people that you're around make and and the ripple effects of those things. And I'm sorry, but the devil is not always involved in all of those things. Okay. He may take advantage of them. 
kind of like, you know, God doesn't um, cause evil things to happen, but the fallout he may use for his glory, right? Sometimes like the devil doesn't necessarily cause bad things to happen either, but he can take it and use it, right? Or he may influence some of the decision makers in that process, right? So the thing I think that I think is the most important to remember is that free will is real. The devil doesn't actually make anything happen. And there's right. a couple of distinctions I think that is really important to remember. And that is that, uh, well, angels... you know, I, I actually might interrupt and I do think that the devil can make things happen. Like, so I, we need to come back to that point. Okay. So the other, the other piece I think is that, um, we, uh, the, the angels and demons cannot hear your thoughts. Only God can hear your thoughts. I do believe that they can, um, influence or maybe plant ideas, but ultimately you are in control of the choices that you make and, um, the things that happen, uh, you know, that, that, that you, the decisions that you choose to do in life and the, the steps that you choose to take in life. Well, I won't disagree with you there, but how can they put ideas in your head if they can't hear your thoughts? I think they can whisper to you. And so I think that when we don't understand like the spiritual world, I think it kind of, they can kind of whisper ideas to you. Now to us, that's not going to necessarily come with a, um, you know, audible sound, although maybe some people hear that some people hear voices. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know when Patrick was dealing with the, um, really bad worst parts of his addiction, he was actually hearing voices and I'm completely convinced that there was spiritual warfare going on. Mm. Um, at that point, I think that he was, um, a big target for whatever reason. Um, and that there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Now, part of the reason I think that happened, cause it actually escalated when it came into our new house, which is, was really annoying to him. Cause he was like, Oh, it's going to be a new environment and it's going to be a, a positive thing. And I'm going to get sober and all this kind of stuff. Part of the reason I think the spiritual warfare escalated is because when we built our house, we actually put verses on the, um, the framing, the, uh, the wall framing you and so we, on the versus, so oh, like versus, when, okay. when, yeah, when we had the wall frames up the wood, oh, frames, cool. so we went around and we basically dedicated the house. So then when he came in with his addiction and was struggling with this, then it like really escalated. Mm. So I definitely mm. believe that it's real. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't diminish the fact that there is a lot of, uh, human work and, uh, stuff that he actually needed to do to get sober too. So I think there's always a combination, but if you want to keep it in a super short summary, it's real. And I think we give it way too much Mm -hmm. credit for things that just happen in life. Like as an excuse, like as an excuse, but then also like, like I said, like the devil plays on fear, right? So if you're, how do I say this? I think he has as much influence as you allow him to have. So Mm. psychologically, I I think psychologically, I think if you are totally confident that he can't do anything to you and that you're in control, then, uh, and you know, this, you know, the scripture and you know, that you have power over these things, then he's not going to be able to bother you. Well, I would argue the words that you just used, not that you have control, but that as long as you have the spirit in you, like he can provide that, that shield to keep them out. It's not you that's in control. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I think psychologically, we have to feel like we're participating in the process. Because oh, well, it, for sure. It helps but that still doesn't mean that you're in control. Well, so you're, so for example, you're not going to be just praying about this stuff in your head. You're actually going to take, um, okay. So like it, it exists, what we can talk about the scripture about why it exists, but then we also have like how, if, if you feel like it is spiritual warfare and you need to do something about it, what do you do? Right. Well, the Bible tells us to say things out loud, which is one of the reasons that we believe that they actually can't hear your thoughts. God can hear your thoughts, but they can't angels and demons. Hmm. So if you want to communicate that you're not okay with this, you actually have to use scripture and say it out loud. So you're very participating in the process. But what you're saying is you're pulling on scripture as the authority to get them out. Right. Right. So I have the Holy spirit. Uh, you're not welcome here. Here's some scripture and you know, whatever. Okay. So you're using control, not in the fact that you can defeat the demon on your own, but that you have to participate in the steps needed in order for that to happen. Is that what you're saying? But you're in control. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So another example, just like for my own life, um, (laughs) I think how you think about these things and what you believe about them can be incredibly empowering, like what I just said, or disempowering. So I have had several, um, I've had two specific examples in my life where, um, 
where I have struggled with intrusive thoughts. Now, intrusive thoughts are incredibly scary things, or they can be, it depends. Like some people have intrusive thoughts, like I'm going to murder somebody. And some people have sexually intrusive thoughts. And some people have like, you know, maybe more commonly, sometimes you're driving on the side of a cliff and you have an intrusive thought that, oh my gosh, I'm going to drive off the side of the cliff. Right. So you're, the thing is, the reality is, and the truth is that everybody has intrusive thoughts. Those aren't necessarily of the devil. So, but my point with all of this is what we believe about it makes a huge difference and how much we know about it makes a huge difference. So I'll go into a little bit of explanation just so people that maybe haven't experienced this know what I'm talking about. So with intrusive thoughts, everybody has them and the validity that you give them makes them uh, stick around or not. It gives them power or not based on what you believe about them. So if I have a, um, an intrusive thought that pops into my, my mind that says, um, I have a knife in my hand. What if I stab my husband in the kidneys? It's <laughs> a horrible thought, right? Okay. Okay. But that pops in your head, right? You, you know, a hundred percent, you're not that person. That's not something that you would do. I would never do that. I love my head, right? You mm-hmm. know who you are and your worth and your value. And that that is totally um, the antithesis of who you are in your being and, and any act that you just know like that, then you give no credence to it. And that thought goes right in, you go, that was weird. And you let it go and you feel nothing. But if you are going, where the heck did that come from? Does that mean something about me? I'm a horrible person. Does that mean I would actually do that? Why would I think about that? As soon as you give that thought credence in your mind, as soon as you give it power of any kind, it takes that and goes with it. So that actually then, um, cycles and you will have these, it actually triggers the, um, repetition of that thought. So the more fear you have around a thought, the more it will hit you. So it'll go over and over and over and over. Well, now all of a sudden you're in the kitchen. Every time you're around a knife, you're thinking about stabbing your husband in the kidneys, even though it's the last thing that you want to do, it is not who you are. You don't want to do this, but that thought keeps, I know it's a horrible thought, but, but this is real. This, like, this is true. Yeah. Like I actually went to, um, an intrusive thought, um, a group one time. And some of these thoughts, I mean, they're horrific thoughts, yeah. but the reason people are in that group is because they're terrified. They're like, who am I? What does this mean about me? And I'll tell you, it means absolutely nothing about you. It means you're a normal person who had a thought come in. And the reason it bothers you is because you're a good person. So if the reason these things bother you, so they typically really hurt people who are very good, very moral, very ethical. And the thought bothers you because it's the opposite of what you would want in your life. See, and I would argue that that is placed there by Satan. Like it can my, be. My son and I talk about it all the time and, and he's like, well, I had this really bad thought, mommy. And I was like, you know, but what? I have that, two that's thoughts not you, that. buddy. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. Two thoughts with that. Yeah. One, and, and this I think is a, a point that I wanted to make about the whole conversation is you have to think you're pretty special for Satan to target you because there are a limited number of demons. I mean, there's a limited number of angels too. There's a limited number of demons and there's only one Satan. So for Satan to single-handedly target you and for it to be from him, you have to be doing some pretty good work in the spiritual kingdom for that to get on his radar. Hmm. So I just don't think generally speaking, that a majority of what we're dealing with is actual demonic attack. I think it's stuff like this, where your brain pops something up. We think that, um, we are familiar with spiritual warfare. And so we immediately go, oh, this is satanic. This is demonic. This is spiritual warfare. I'm being attacked. Right. But either way, regardless of whether it is or isn't your belief about it is going to impact the fear response about it. So if you go, I'm a bad person and these thoughts are potentially something that I could act out in real life and I'm horrible and this is satanic. And now I'm being attacked by demons. You're immediately in this fear response and your brain starts freaking out. And then the intrusive thoughts get, get worse. And now you're living in a state of fear and you have this cycle pattern that keeps going and going and going and going versus whether or not you think it's spiritual warfare. If you go, that has nothing to do with me. I know who I am. Maybe you do think it's spiritual warfare. You speak some things out loud over it and you're confident that that works. Mm-hmm. The belief in the power that you are saying these verses and that that it's the belief. Yeah. So yes. I do believe when it's actual spiritual warfare, and you pray something where you use the power of the Holy spirit and it's actual spiritual warfare. It exists through the power of Christ. However, if it's not spiritual warfare, it doesn't really matter if it is or isn't in that situation. If you think it is, and it, let's say it's not, but you think it is, if you believe that what you're doing will fix it, it will fix it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're giving up over that control to, to the spirit. And so then, yeah, he can, he can guard you regardless okay, of whether or not he can, but what I'm saying yeah. is. I guess maybe this is splitting hairs here. If it's not spiritual warfare, this is this is what I'm talking about, like the psychology of it and the confidence within your belief system is if it's not spiritual warfare, even if you hit it 
with spiritual warfare, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, the weapons, spiritual weapons, warfare. even sure. if you hit it with spiritual warfare weapons, God could not even participate in that process. <laughs> if you believed it would work, it would work if it wasn't spiritual warfare. And if well, it was spiritual warfare and you were using that, it would also work. You see what I'm saying? Sure. It, with just in a specific example, what I'm trying to say is with your mind is very powerful and what you believe about yourself is very powerful. Yeah. And so if you, if you believe, if you believe that you're a horrible person, then it's going to trigger these because the fear is what keeps popping them up. And if you don't believe you're a horrible person, then, you know, you're going to be fine. So a couple points um, to what you just said that I'm not going to disagree with you except for on a couple points. So <laughs> when- <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. So you say that you think that, um, all these bad thoughts and things that initially pop into your head. So let, okay. Let me back up. I think that you're right in that like we can, um, we can perpetuate the ability for them to kind of, how do I want to say this? I think initially when we have these thoughts, I don't necessarily know they're just random thoughts that pop up. I do think that they're placed there, especially if that's not our typical thinking See, pattern. See, here's the only thing though, is that every single person has intrusive thoughts. I know that, but listen- So I don't think you, the devil is going is around hitting every I, single person. I don't know that I agree with you because, I mean, if you think about, you know, like a third of the the stars fell, right? That Those are supposed to be the fallen angels. And think about how many billions and billions of stars there are. So already, like there's enough demons for every person on earth to have one assigned to them that just follow them around, right? We all get an angel, right? We get a guardian angel. So I don't know what you think about that. I don't know if I, uh, what I think about that. And that's maybe a topic for a different conversation, but um, I think that it's totally possible to have a demon, like a single demon assigned to a single human that that could potentially, and I don't say this is what I think is happening, but that is following them around and there would still be demons left over. And I also don't think that you get necessarily assigned a demon, but I think that he can send as many as he wants to attack a particular person. And I think that that people that are doing good work in God's kingdom are under more attack. But I think that all it takes is a single, like you're saying, like a single intrusive thought that's sent by Satan, that then your physiology just kind of kicks in. And that's where, you know, those, see, that's those what I'm saying is it's, whether it is or isn't, it doesn't really matter. And basically it's based on fear. If he thinks he can play off well, of that's, your so that's fear, a tool that he can use for sure. Can. And then, and he then can, our human think, nature can take over and then he can yes. leave and go bother somebody else. Cause I agree with you. And I agree with you. And I think we give him too much credit. I, I think actually he can sit back in a lot of cases and watch the world destroy itself. Yeah, but I don't he's, actually he's think he has to play that, that. I don't think he has to play that big of a role because if you think like that is assuming that we're all naturally good and perfect and without his interference, we would be amazing human beings. Well, I mean, we if know you that look at the garden of Eden, right. You could argue that because we were made to be good and perfect until we ate the tree of, uh, and, and that required no, but after the fall, we're not in. after the not fall, anymore. we're not. So, okay. But that was so all without, orchestrated by him. And so he was putting all these bad ideas into them, their, their okay, heads. I'm talking about the world we're in today. The world we're in today, we, you're kind of making the assumption that everything bad involves his participation and it doesn't. Now, well, he it doesn't was, have to it, actively it, involve, but he can the get fall, the ball rolling. I think the ball is rolling. Yeah. I think the ball is rolling and we make enough crappy decisions as humans that he's not involved in every single, I think he's happy that we make so many bad decisions. I think he's like, you know, great, but I think we give him too much credit. I don't think he's involved. I don't think he's manipulating everyone's mind. I don't think that everything bad that happens is because of Satan. I think it's because we're horrible people. <laughs> well, like, I would I agree think... that we participate in the horribleness by some of the decisions, but I would also argue that like there are definite periods in my life over, especially over the last two years, as I've grown closer to God and, and read more in the world that I have literally felt spiritually attacked. It oh, usually sure. only lasts for a couple weeks at a time. And then, you know, it's a really rough time and then, and then it goes away. So I don't think he constantly is, is battle battling, you know, with somebody, but I definitely think like he keeps putting those thoughts into people and that he attacks those who are really working hard to, you know, to, to maintain yeah. the relationship with God. 
Um, and then anytime he sees a chink in that armor, like he's going to attack it all full force as much as he can. And then when he's unsuccessful, then he bothers someone else for a while and then comes back later when he sees another yeah. chink. So, I mean, here's the thing to sort of, sort of <laughs> agree with you. So uh, to go back into my story about intrusive thoughts, I totally felt like it was spiritual warfare, a hundred percent. And I think what he did was um, he was like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to even say it's Satan. Okay. Let's just say it was a demon. Okay. Cause sure. I, I do truly think we give him too much credit. He's not, yeah, I don't think He's it's not omnipotent. Satan. He can't right. be everywhere. It's, he, okay. It's the so, demons that he uses. Yeah. He can't be everywhere. He doesn't know your thoughts, all this kind of stuff. But I, what I viewed as what was happening at the time, I'm going to make this super complicated. All right. So at the time I was struggling with some, uh, hormone stuff. So I was kind of like, okay, I think that, uh, he used my body when it was in a weak state Mm -hmm. to, you know, contribute. Right. I think that's totally possible. I'm not taking that off the table. However, five, six, seven, eight years later, however many years it was later when I found out that my husband was involved in pornography. So, okay. This is so many details that you're about to get. Okay. So in this time I was so convinced or I was open to the possibility of anything. These intrusive thoughts scared me to death. I'd never had them before in my life. I didn't know why they were there. I did not understand what was happening. Okay. So I was like, I will do anything because this is ruining my life. So I literally had my pastor who was totally into spiritual warfare and all this kind of stuff. My associate pastor at the time come over and basically do an exorcism on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Been there, done that. Okay? okay. So I was like, he was praying over me, all this kind of stuff. And, um, he literally looked at my husband and was like, have you been looking at pornography? Cause he was going through multiple different things that like could open the door for basically the invitation that mm. of spiritual warfare, right? Like if you open the door, they're like, cool, I'm here. And of course, my husband was like, no, I'm not. And I believed him because at the time I had no proof otherwise. And so years later when all this came out, I was so, I I thought back and I was like, you know what? I am so mad because what if this is what was happening is that you were um, sexually acting out and inviting these demonic presence into our houses. And then they started attacking me. Like, what if your behavior is the reason that this happened in my life? It's mad, you know, that's so not cool. So is that a possibility? Absolutely. And, and the variety of intrusive thoughts that I had, um, at the time lended me to believe that it was a possibility because they were very scary. Mm -hmm. And so that absolutely totally believe that that's possible. Do I think that every intrusive thought that people ever have is from the devil? Absolutely not. You're driving around the car, driving on the cliff and you're like, Oh, what if I drive off the cliff? That's a normal thought that a lot of people have. And it, and it, And so I think that is where I'm like, okay, we give him too much credit. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So in my belief, I want to feel empowered in my own mind, in my own being, in my own ability to, um, uh, not give these things credit because even if, even if it is a thought from the devil, if you don't give it any credibility, it's not going to bother you. If you, right. So even if, so I think that mentality is super important to have. And then if it is something from the devil, I was talking to someone that, uh, actually like has dealt with this kind of stuff before. And I, uh, I asked her, she was talking about, um, you know, people that are, um, essentially possessed demon possessed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you know that it's actually like demonic? And she's like, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. Basically if you command it to go out and it, and it does, it's, it's a demon. And if it's a chronic thing and you pray over it and it doesn't go away, then it's just something else like addiction or whatever. Mm. So if you're talking about addiction and you're like, is this demonic possession or is this actually an addiction? You, it's fairly easy to know if you command in the name of Jesus Christ that, you know, this thing leaves them alone and comes out of them and it does, then you have your answer. And if it doesn't, and it's something like, you know, I can't stop smoking, then it's like, okay, you have a, like a human biological, you know, like this is an addiction and this yeah. is like emotional wounds and trauma and all this kind of stuff. Right. Like, right. Okay. And I definitely like, there definitely is that. And there definitely are the decisions that people make. Um, but I definitely think that I think that maybe you're give under giving him credit because I think he's got his nasty. <laughs> listen, I have okay. Listen, stuff, but we do for my own him. survival. I have to think the way I do. Okay, okay and, and that's, that's why fine. I feel so. That's the way. That's why I feel so passionately about it. And then okay. I I want to empower other people to think that way because it was freaking scary for me. Yeah. So if I don't, if I give it too much credit, it puts me in a weak position psychologically. 
And, and that's fair. Like, I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. I don't think that it matters whether or not you believe there's spiritual or fair, or it's all right. in your head or but you have- Let me kind of talk about this, like from another perspective too, like well, the addiction. The, the, the thing though, that I want to really point out is that I think that it's so important when you have, like, if, since we're talking about these intrusive thoughts and whether or not you think they're, they're from Satan or from somewhere else, like just praying on it regardless. Like every time I have one of those intrusive thoughts, I just pray. I just say a prayer, you know, God guard me from these evil thoughts, you know, wherever they come from, I don't care. He knows. So here's my problem with that. I was praying like my life depended on it and it did nothing. It was when I started learning about intrusive thoughts and feeling more empowered in my own ability that like, there's nothing wrong with me that I could change the pattern and that I actually learned about like how to deal with this. And like, it, it you know, those were so more, that's where you're saying that it had nothing to do with the satanic thing that it I was don't even know. That's the psychological thing. thing. I know. I still think that it could have been spiritual warfare the first time it happened. I still think that. And the second mm-hmm. time it happened, I still think that it could have been absolutely. But my experience you, with it was that fear kind of perpetuated it. And from right. that point on, they were like, hands off. Good. My work here is done. Move on to the next target. <laughs> right. is yeah. That and, that's what I'm, what and that's what I'm saying is okay. my um, prayer and weakness and feeling like I was not in control and even having a pastor come over and pray for me. It was very, there was a lot of fear and I did not feel like it was in control and it kept going. Hmm. But when I start, it's so empowering to be like, oh, it's just a thought. It's just a thought and there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that sometimes in, in a lot of situations in life, God gives us other things outside of prayer to deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when we only go, well, this is, this is spiritual. All, all I should do is pray about it. Um, and he'll, he'll take control. And it, okay. And in that example, just specifically, if you're praying in your head, that's just between you and God. But if you're actually trying to get rid of something that is um, like demonic, you actually have to say stuff out loud. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to take that route, you have to is say that it scriptural loud. based. I've heard that yeah. before, but I don't know that I know where that is in the Bible. It's just because, um, like God is the only one that can hear our thoughts, but do, where does it say that in the Bible? though? All right. Let's see if I have any verses to do that. Um, cause I think there was something that I typed into this. Well, I've never, I have heard of people saying that you have to pray it out loud, but I've never understood why. I mean, that would make mm-hmm. sense. Well, no, you can pray, you can pray in your head if it's just a God, but if you're trying right. to banish something. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's my date. So I'm just going to read this because I just found it. So I don't even know if it's good. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but no angel or demon has ever been depicted in scripture with mind reading abilities. In fact, the encounters between God and Satan in the beginning chapters of the book of Job strong, strongly indicate that Satan cannot read the thoughts and minds of humans. If Satan had known the mind and heart of Job, he'd have known that Job would never curse God. Hmm understand however while satan cannot read our minds he does have an advantage he has been observing humans and human nature for thousands of years the fact it, um is also evidence in job so i think like uh, to me that makes sense like i mean he's been around for millennia obviously and yeah. and he's supernatural right? right and he's been in the presence of god so he knows what goodness looks like he knows what human patterns are he probably knows more about psychology than we do he knows what's going to trip you up because of he, the traumas and the emotions and the patterns that you live in your life. Right. So he will know exactly like, okay, if this is somebody's weakness, like let's try this. Right. Right. Or if you're physically weak or you're really tired or you're really stressed out, like, Hey, let's hit them there. Right. So I think that is kind of like, but again, see, that's where I think it goes into personal power to an extent, because it's like, you should, you also, we also need to be constantly working to root these things out, right? What are my patterns? Mm-hmm. What are my habits? What are my weaknesses? Um, working for sanctification, growing closer to God. Um, and I think that one of the things that Christianity does, it's really negative in this area is like so much of Christianity is like guilt-based and shame-based. And that puts mm-hmm. us in such a weak state. And so when these things happen, instead of feeling empowered, we feel scared. So it's like, if we really believe what we actually believe, and we believe that we have the Holy spirit inside of us, you should feel super confident in that. Yeah, I would, I would, yes, I see what you're saying that there's a lot of like shame basedness. I don't think that's the nature of the message. I think that's what we as humans have turned it into, um, because you just look at, you know, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Like 
there's a reason that we're, we're weak and it helps us to grow in our, in our, like everything that we do and that is here for us is meant to, to bring us closer to God. Mm -hmm. And so our weakness is a, essentially is a gift that he's given us so that we turn to him. So I, I, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, I think so. No, he's so. not. No, I don't think it's, it's like, he's not going to tempt you. It, uh, he doesn't cause us. No, 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 no. I'm talking about our weakness as humans. Right. I know. I'm not, I'm not talking about a temptation from God. Like, oh, I know okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. No, I'm our, just, our humanness, our humanness, our human okay, weaknesses okay. are, are there. And it's like a compliment to God's strength so that like together we're the perfect pair, right? Like me and God make like, and it's his glory. Right. And you so complete me yeah oh <laughs> but God that's right right like me yes because on when I feel strong and I feel comfortable in myself and I'm like I'm amazing look at this like I start start walking away from God I don't need him as much and then when I'm you know more in a vulnerable place it's like oh God just like help me you know and so I've seen this pattern and I actually am appreciative of the times where I feel more weak is because then I can lean on him and I remember to lean on him. And I think that's why it can be viewed as a gift or as a blessing, even though it doesn't always feel like it, but like those tribulations and the things that we go through that bring us closer to God and help us to understand, like I have been thankful for every one of them in my life, even though they suck to go through because it has brought me closer to my relationship with him. And, um, so I don't remember where we started with this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. Um, I agree. And I disagree. I think that, um, wow, this is a complicated topic. So yeah, I mean, we are human. We're not God, right? Obviously we, I, I agree with you in that we need to cultivate the relationship with God. We need to recognize that we are not God. Oh yeah. Strength. And we need to recognize in our humanness that we need God, right? Yeah. I don't think he made us these weak little worms that like can't do anything on our own. And I think when we do accept him and we do understand that we have the Holy Spirit and all this kind of stuff that instead of, I don't know, there's a balance to me of being like, well, I am nothing and you are everything. And I actually have a lot of control and power in my life and I still depend on you. Right. And yes. I think that's actually the place of strength. So like, correct. Let, let, I would let me agree just, with that. So especially when it comes to spiritual warfare. So let's talk about like, there's two verses that I'll kind of say just to well, even maybe time out. Um, just one quick thing that I want to say about that is because I think that we can use that as a way of not doing things for ourselves. Like, I think that we can just like pray you know, God make this business successful and then right. not do what we need to do to make it successful. And then it fails. And it's like, well, why didn't you save my business? God, like, right. what, what was that about? So yes, I totally agree that we have a responsibility to do the actions that will bring about the result that God is intending. And that's part of our free choice. Yeah. It's definitely a mix and finding yeah. that right balance. Um, and, and find that right balance of being like confident in who God created you to be, right? Which right. can be a very powerful individual, mm-hmm. right? And that I think might... we all have inherent power. Yeah, for sure. Like He granted all of us a special gift or a special power or powers, if you mm-hmm. want to call them that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's two verses to sort of okay. So we believe that spiritual warfare exists. Um, we believe that you have the power to, um, uh, through Christ to. Uh, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that in any way this puts you in a weak position as a Christian. I think it puts you in a strong position. So um, the idea that we fight from victory, not for victory is something I, that came up when I was looking at this. So I love hmm. that idea. We fight from victory, not for victory. So hmm. John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So you are already mm, as a Christian with won. the Holy spirit inside of you, yeah. you have one, yeah. you don't need to do anything. You are coming from a position of victory and we, you know, it, it's and over. that kind of ties over. back to like, God is outside of time. That idea that we talked about whenever that was, um, that we, that, that we already have triumphed mm-hmm. through him. Yep. So you're right that we are yeah. coming from a place. So it just hasn't happened yet in our timeline. No, but I think it has is the point. So like God, Jesus came and um, when he gave us the Holy Spirit, we, um, so Romans eight thirty seven. no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So when, when you have this, it's like, no, he's already, he's already won. 
So I know what you're saying right. about, but about in, in the, the universe. Though. Well, but see, that goes into revelation right. and exactly. what you believe about that. So we might even disagree on that. So I okay. think, I think as Christians, regardless of where you are in history <laughs> or God who is outside of time, um, when you have that, and when you're given the Holy spirit, you have already won. So if you face in this world, spiritual warfare, and you're convinced that that's what it is, you know, that you're coming from a place that you, you don't have to wonder about, you don't have to wonder about winning in this Mm -hmm. situation. If you have the power of the Holy spirit, you win period. (laughs) It's like, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You chose the right team. You're on the winning team. What do you do to win? If, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, okay, that's cool. But what do I do? You speak it out loud. You speak verses, you command them to leave. You say, I am God's because here's, here is the reality. And this is the most empowering thing. When, um, James four, seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you resist, and this is something that, and like in Patrick's addiction, uh, uh, education and stuff, they talk about when you resist the devil long enough and he sees that he can't get any footing, he will leave you alone. Doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that there might not be a time when he comes back, but when he figures out that you are gods and that you will not do whatever it is that he wants you to do, or his little demon wants you to do, however you want to talk about it, he will leave. Yep. So whether that is just you being consistent in your behavior and demonstrating that like, this is not a thing, I'm going to run away from evil. I'm not going to participate in it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm confident in who I am. And that that's so psychology fascinates me because that also goes into like our identity and how we think about ourselves when you know who you are and you choose and decide that your identity is in Christ and this is who I am. Then you go, okay, like even, even in addiction, right? So when I have an issue with people constantly saying, I'm an addict, I'm an addict, because you're telling your subconscious, I'm an addict. Okay, well, Mm. what do addicts do? Addicts relapse, okay? If you want to get into recovery, you get into recovery and then you go, I was an addict. Mm -hmm. Now my identity is I was. Mm -hmm. I am currently someone who is in recovery and I am not that person anymore. I don't do those things. Not I can't do those things. I don't do those things, Mm -hmm. right? It's the same in the Christian community. I'm not that person. Uh, my identity is in Christ. This is who I am. This has no power over me, right? Like there is a psychology component to it. Even if you want to like mush all the spirituality into it, there's still a psychology component to it because God created that and that's the way it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But there, that's why I think it's so important to like empower the way you think about these things, because if you're coming from a place of fear and a lack of identity and a lack of strength, then it will always overpower you because there's no choice in that. But if you say that this is not my identity and this is who I am and I I know and you feel very confident, you feel very empowered. And if it is spiritual warfare, you're using the right techniques and tools and you're calling on on um you're using it in the name of Jesus, then you're fine because you've already won and or because God has already won. And because you are standing from that place of victory, you're standing from that place of like he has already conquered it all. And um and because you have promises in the Bible it says if you resist and he can tell that he does not have a foothold here. He mm-hmm. will leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. And, and that kind of comes, there's been a handful of times through my life where I feel like that was absolutely a spiritual attack. And it, like I said, it usually lasts for a couple of weeks, um, up to a couple of months. And then finally, when, like you said, like firmly, the door is finally closed. Like he no longer has that foot in the door. He leaves. Everything's good in my life again for many, many years. And then suddenly it seems like, he attacks me again. So yeah. I, I definitely think that, um, that there's truth to that. And, and there's also truth in, like, I think that's where the power of forgiveness comes in. And it's not just necessarily forgiving others. It's forgiving yourself. Like you have to learn how to forgive yourself for the choices you made before, or the choices that you made in your sinful choices. But then if you can't let go of those and you keep dragging that baggage back in, like Jesus has already forgotten. And I forget what, what point or um, what verse it says, but essentially, um, like he, he doesn't remember the sins as if they had never happened or like he, you know, once you've, once you've asked for forgiveness and he's forgiven you of those, like he doesn't even remember that those sins happened. So it's like, if he can forgive us so fully with everything that he went through in order to make that happen, like, why are we holding on to it? Which is a lot easier said than done. Like it's really hard for self-forgiveness, but I think Mm -hmm. that kind of goes into that, you know, what you were talking about of, you know, that was who I was. And now I am this person in Christ. Oh and... yeah. If, if you want to know what Satan will play on guilt and shame are probably the top oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And I'm such a horrible person. I'm so bad. Yeah. I'm so evil. Why and that's why that, me? that, that healing and that trauma work and that new identity is so important 
because yes. you have to be so confident and like that is not who I am anymore. Like you so really that you don't allow him that foothold to be able yeah. to play on those. So if he goes, emotions. Hey, you were this person, you can be this person again. You're like, mm, no, don't believe you. Thanks. Like, yeah. you know, it just has no power at that point. But right. if you have let, and I think your point about leaving the door open, if you have left the door open, even 1%, he, he like sneaks that oh, little claw yep. toe in that's there enough. and that is enough. a little further. That's, and then that's first, enough. Yeah. Yep. And I see that with sex addiction and pornography addiction all the time. You leave the door open 10% you're never going to recover. Yeah. If you decide that it is shut and there is no option. Good. That's yeah. the way it should be. Like you will see healing if that is your decision. But, um, but yeah, it's like, you see that all the time with these types of behaviors is that I'm well, I'm just, gonna, and there's a reason for that, right? There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of emotion. It's, it's yeah. what they know to numb the pain. All, I'm not right. diminishing that at all. And, and I understand a lot of that, but what I'm saying is, um, I see that on repeat constantly in the community that there is, you know, some action that they're not willing to do to completely shut the door. And mm -hmm. so that behavior continues, even though consciously it's something that they don't want to be doing. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. Well, and I, then, I, and I, then with the, the idea of the foot in the door, like, I mean, that kind of comes back to, I think that Satan is planting all these seeds and that's why I think, or, or the devil, whatever, you know, the demons, whatever demons. you want to call it. Like, Little I trolls. think that, yeah. I mean, I think that we can have the best of intentions and we really try, but I think that it's him sneaking back in and being like, oh, but here you go here's this little seed. We'll just let it, let it do its thing. And then you can kind of take it from there. But I do yeah. think that he's there kind of pushing you, pushing. Yeah, you I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Things. Like, I think he probably sprinkles a lot of thoughts, feelings, anxiety, mm -hmm. um, little seeds here and there. And then, but I mean, again, I think this is where the empowerment comes in. You always have a choice of what to do with that every single time, every single time, every single time. <laughs> so you either allow that door to be opened or you shut it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, Every single time we have a choice and, and the Bible says that, right? Like there's nothing that happens in our life that he, that uh, the verse about temptation where, um, there's no temptation that is so great that God has not provided right. some out for you. Yeah. Whatever that is, there's always an out every single time. So you just have to, you know, <laughs> we're oversimplifying it very I know I was going to say, wow, as you're explaining this, I'm like, that yeah. sounds easy. <laughs> I know it sounds so easy, but we I mean, all know that yeah. it is not that easy. No, but. it's not easy. And just yeah. because we're saying this. Is, does not mean we think it's easy. No. So, all right. So if you're talking about spiritual warfare, there's a couple things you can, you can do. So, um, well, let's use Jesus as an, ex as an example. So Jesus was in the wilderness a example. <laughs> he's the, he's the best. The best um, we we uh, have him wandering in the wilderness for what, 40 days. Is that 40 right? Days. Uh, 40 days and 40 nights. And he was being tempted by the devil because Jesus was fully God and fully man. He experienced all the same things that we did, which we are so blessed by because he understands betrayal. He understands temptation. He understands mm -hmm. all those things. And yet he never sinned. And so Matthew 4, 1 says, Jesus said to him, so this is how, how, what do we do if we know that it's Satan or we know it's a demon? Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So like literally like Jesus gave us the example of one using scripture and two saying it out loud mm -hmm. and, and resist the devil and he will flee from you because he got tempted three times. The devil didn't mm -hmm. stop on the first time, but he did it three times. Jesus said things out loud and used scripture every single time he could have, I mean, he could have banished him the first time, obviously, but he was giving us an example, right? Right. So there's that. And then Ephesians 6, 11 and 12 is the, the armor of God. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rules, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places. See right so, there, like I can't say that there's no such thing as spiritual warfare. Like I would basically oh no, I agree with no you, part yeah. of the the Bible. Well, I mean, I, I'm saying from my own thoughts because I used to think that, oh, that's kind of a ridiculous thought, like spiritual yeah. warfare. But you know, it's clearly very clear. And that's not the yeah. only place that it's clearly written out that we're not fighting, you know, against flesh and blood, but yeah. So if you all, if you want another one, second Corinthians 10, three to five, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Yeah. So again, I think it's that you, 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 you call it for what it is. You speak it out loud. You use scripture and you shut the door a hundred percent shut the door yeah. and you are calling captain. I know who I am. This, this is my identity. You have no power over me. 
Yeah. And I think that kind of what we've come to the agreement on is that we have that equal responsibility of making sure that we're doing the things that we need to do in order to um, utilize the help that God's giving us. Like we can't just assume he's going to take care of the whole thing. I mean, sometimes he does, but more often than not, like he wants us to help ourselves as well, like to be an active participant, not just yeah. laying over or rolling oh over. Oh my gosh. Do yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's a whole pet peeve of mine for like a lot of different reasons. But, um, but you know, I mean, I, I don't ever want it. So I, I take both sides. I think that we give him too much credit. And I also never want to diminish the reality that it exists and the level of scariness, because I think I've experienced it, that mm. of when it happens, it's so totally scary. Yeah. Um, I think the empowering part is that we don't have to be scared because we know that we'll come out of it and we know yes. that we'll win. Right. That, yes. That's the empowering part. It's not that in the moment you're not going to be scared. It's that you have the tools, you know, and that right. that's the important part. And for me, it was a combination of both understanding spiritual warfare and understanding the brain and like how things work. Because, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it like the second time around, I was like, Oh, this totally sucks, but I've been here before and and it'll be done. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just had less power for me. And I was like, I know who I am now. Right. Like I didn't like it, but I wasn't like, it destroyed me the first time because I didn't know what was happening. Well, it didn't destroy you. It just broke you down. So in the moment, in the moment, um, so, and then I think too, the other thing that like, honestly, to give, to give the associate pastor credit, um, if you think that this is happening in your life and there is some sort of spiritual warfare, do ask yourself, where is the door open? Mm-hmm. Because what he did was he went through a list of things like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like pornography is one of them, like sexual sin, like, um, uh, you know, adultery. Um, you know, I, I guess, uh, I don't know what his list was. I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but like, it's probably like, are you like actively lying to someone in your life? Right. Like mm. things like that. Like, where are you actively if, and this doesn't always have to be the case, but it's worth exploring because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that like Satan's only going to attack you if you're doing something wrong, No, but, um, no, definitely not. But if this is a chronic thing or something, it's worth exploring. Like, is there something where I'm giving foothold or giving a stronghold because then you can take it back. Yeah. And if Patrick had been honest in that moment, he would have saved like 12, uh, let's see, eight years of, mm. um, his addiction, seven or eight years of his addiction. Had he been honest in that moment, yeah. obviously he wasn't ready to do that. And we addressed it later. Um, when I found out, but he was asked in that moment. Right. And he had the opportunity to address that and he didn't. So yeah, I don't and- know what percent of what was happening to me was due to that being invited into our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's really hard to take like, I mean, darkness, love darkness, right? Sin loves darkness. It loves to hide. And that's the hardest thing is for us to actually admit where our sins are. Um, not only like, not even necessarily to other people, but to ourselves, right? Like we have to admit where we're sinful and it's amazing how it's just like, there's these levels. It's like, I remember when I was little, I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad that I don't sin. Like I literally thought I was like, well, I can't think of anything bad that I did today. So, right. Um, you know, I, I did, you know, I was a really good girl. And then looking back, it's like, well, I argued with my parents. So there was like, I wasn't honoring my parents and, you know, I was yeah. being confrontational, you know? So it's just like, as you kind of grow in your walk that you start to recognize where some of these are, where like, you know, there's so many things over the last two years, since I've really been focused in on, mm. um, on my relationship, that it was like, wow, I did not realize that that was a problem or I didn't even know this was an issue for me. And so he reveals those things, but it was like, I, you know, kicked back against those. I was like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm not super prideful. And it's like, (laughs) I beg to differ. It's like, (laughs) oh shoot. And now it's like, you know, constantly trying to work on that. Um, And that's really hard to, to admit to yourself and then, sure. and then next to admit to somebody else. So if, if there's something that you're struggling with, yeah. not you, Kyleen, but anybody listening, but <laughs> Aren't you know, we all? Just, is, yeah, I mean, God knows. So it's not like yeah. you have to be embarrassed to talk to him about it. Cause he already well, knows. And I think, I think the really important point that you're, you're bringing out is that we don't get complacent in our growth. And, um, you know, again, I, I'm just always going to pull from personal experience and examples. Um, 
it's just easier that way. Um, so, so in, in, in the recovery community, you will hear these stories of men relapsing, like, you know, four years in, I was in recovery for four years and then I relapsed, or I was in recovery for seven years and then I relapsed, or I was re- mm-hmm. right. And I'm, and we always have, Patrick and I have always had questions about that. Okay. What was going on in their life? Like, you know, were they actually in recovery? Were they just in sobriety? Right. You don't always get the details, but one thing that we have learned through this process is that, it doesn't matter how confident you feel in recovery. You have to um, keep your guard up and be aware of what helped you get into that place. And so you're never going to become complacent because of the experience that you had in addiction. You're, this is something that you will always have to be proactive about, not Mm -hmm. reactive about in your life. And I think we can take that um, when it comes to spiritual warfare and apply that it's like, you may feel really confident and good and where you're at. And you have to be proactive constantly in your growth and in your awareness. And, um, you know, because there is the reality that you will be hit with something at some point in your life, whether it's a a temptation or a fear or an insecurity or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that's thrown in there, because it's going to be a different thing for everybody. Cause we only have, we all have our own issues (laughs) Yeah, and whatever that is, it's like, we can't become complacent and we have to kind of be aware and, and know what it is that is going to, um, be helpful for us moving forward and what has helped us, uh, you know, in the past. And so just, uh, you know, another verse to kind of support that is, um, is first Peter five, eight, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So like it does exist. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I don't think we have to live in fear of it every day. I do think we need to be aware of it. And I think we definitely need to prioritize spiritual growth and I'm going to say self-confidence in who we are in Christ. I like it. <laughs> that seems like a really good point to end on. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> good. All right. I'm going to empower everyone through the Holy Spirit. All right. Cool. That's right. There you go. Actually, you know, this might be a really good one to end with a prayer. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right, cool. Let's do it. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. And what I'd like to ask today is that if anyone that is listening is actively dealing with spiritual warfare, that you just fill them with the Holy Spirit and the confidence that they can uh, fight off whatever is happening to them and that they can use your words and use the Holy Spirit to actually win this battle and to feel confident through you and through your power. And we just ask for your protection to every single person that is listening. And we ask for your guidance and that uh, your Holy Spirit just gives them wisdom and discernment in what is going on in their life. And we thank you for everything that you do and for the power and the love and the uh, strength that you give us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our mission on this podcast is to probe topics within the Christian faith to ensure that what we believe is in alignment with scripture and that we understand why we believe what we do. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Did this topic challenge your belief? Did we give you a new perspective? Or did it solidify what you already knew to be true? Leave us a comment and tell us your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. 